The B-Rad Podcast is brought to you by MoFo, male optimization formula with organs to boost testosterone. Brad's Macadamia Masterpiece, mind-blowing nut butter blend, chili pad, temperature-controlled mattress systems, inside tracker, blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data all in one, and New Optimal, three nootropic supplements designed to improve focus, memory, and drive. And check out the bradkerns.com shop page, my personal selection of favorite products with great discounts for health, fitness, and peak performance. So my practice is much of experimentation, really. I will have people come in, we'll do different types of things, whether it's needles, cups, whatever, then we have them do a drill, do kettlebells, whatever it is that's hurting, like certain motions that are hurting them to see if we've improved. I didn't bring my rubber band down here, but I take a nice rubber band and put around all of my fingers right at those like distal joints, and then I stretch out my fingers. And then I bring it back in, kind of like a starfish stretching out, and then bring it back in. Now, sports-specific is one thing, our couch folks, we got to talk about them for a second, you know, because we also have a lot of couch folks who are sitting around, they're sitting on the couch, and they get up, they twist an ankle, something happens, and it always tends to be on, say, the right side or the left side. Let's talk about nootropics. These are supplements designed to improve cognitive function, memory, and creativity. And I'm taking three products from a company called New. Optimal, NU Optimal. The products are Metafocus, which promotes flow state and improves processing speed and mental clarity. It contains ingredients like phenylalanine, B12, ginkgo biloba. I'm taking Metamemory, which is good for memory retention, verbal fluency, reduced oxidative stress. Very important for the brain. This product has things like lion's mane, pine bark, and bacopa. And I'm taking Metadrive for motivation, stress resilience. It's got a little boost of caffeine in there, ashwagandha, rhodiola. They're wonderful products with a lot of scientific detail and easy to understand information on their website. So you get the big picture of what these products are all about, not just stuffing pills down your face, but how to do the stack as they call it strategically. You get a 16 page booklet that'll guide you to optimal use when you purchase. And guess what? 60 day money back guarantee and 30% discount from me. Listen, I'm not a coffee guy. I'm not a drug guy, but I'm always looking for any type of natural edge I can get, especially for cognition. So guess what? Let's avoid that sugary junk food. Let's get enough sleep. Take a power nap when you need one and consider trying some nootropics to see if you get a natural brain boost. So go visit newoptimal.com, N-U-O-P-T-I-M-A-L and enter the code BRAD30 to get 30% discount when you try it. Newoptimal.com for way more details. Hey, listeners, it's a fun, interesting show with Dr. Janine Krauss from the great state of Washington. She is a podcaster, host of the Health Fix podcast, which I've been a guest on. Wonderful show. And she's also a functional healer, acupuncturist, and really cutting edge health professional. I think you're going to love some of these great insights. And uh, the first part of the show kind of goes down the road of uh, her talking about my high jump injury as sort of an example uh, of healing and some of the things uh, that might be helpful to integrate into a fitness enthusiast training schedule, some balance, dexterity, and mobility exercises, especially for the neurological system to fire correctly and correct the very common uh, condition of having imbalances on sides of the body. So if you find yourself getting hurt or aches and pains uh, dominating on one side more than the other, that's because you have some uh, nervous system imbalances. She works with players on the Seattle Seahawks with her naturopathic medicine, acupuncture, and strength training modalities. You got to check her out on Instagram. She has great Uh, mini videos of little tips and drills and skills that you can integrate and test yourself on 
uh, to see, uh, to show up some of these uh, functional imbalances that might be affecting uh, your bread and butter activities, like lifting the heavy weights or sprinting or jumping, things like that. So we're going to learn about how to achieve neurological balance. And one of my favorite insights from her that she told me uh, a couple of years ago, and I've been uh, doing it uh, faithfully since I first heard it, is this technique of positional parasympathetic breathing. And it's a way to get your body to chill out, highly effective after a high-intensity workout, because you want to come down quickly off that fight-or-flight stimulation, that appropriate fight-or-flight stimulation when we're talking about doing a workout. But then we want to recalibrate and get back to homeostasis and start the recovery process immediately rather than walk around wired on stress hormones flooding through our bloodstream. So she's going to describe this positional parasympathetic breathing and many other fun stuff from the interesting, lively, and engaging Janine Krauss here. Here we go. Dr. Janine Kraus, catching up with you again. Uh, I'm catching up with you on Instagram all the time with your fabulous, fun little exercise routines, keeping people creative and, and motivated. So uh, thanks for joining us. And we have some fun, exciting topics to talk about. Yeah, yeah. You know, just some things I've been working with. I, I read a couple books, interviewed a couple of people on my podcast and got me asking some questions about the patients I've seen and going, you know, with these athletes, why do, why do we keep having injuries on all on like the left-hand side of the body or all on the right-hand side? Does that happen to you? Are you oh the, like, the left-hand side guy? Yeah. Uh, this is good timing. Cause I'm, I'm so distraught to be injured again with my beloved sport of high jump, which is one of the most uh, violent sports there is. Olympian Amy Acuff calls it a car accident. Is the, the proper way to high jump is to you know create all this momentum, this speed around a curve, and then hit the brakes and go flying through the air, uh, just like you would going through the windshield to, to be crude a little bit. But uh, yeah, the injuries are um, are very frustrating. I won't say they're inevitable because I think a lot of it stems from overdoing it. Uh, but just these imbalances that we bring to the table are really hard to address and correct. And I wonder if I'm doing rehab that's helping or hurting sometimes, such as stretching or just the basic things that you think might be uh, might be helpful, but they're not. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's one of those things you wonder, like, yeah, am I overstretching? Am I overdoing it? Because a lot of us athletes tend to overdo it on the field or whatever our sport is. And then the, mm. the mobility and all that, we're like, oh, well, if I did it that hard, I'm going to mobility the daylights out of everything else. And so now it's like, where do we get with this? Where do we go? So, so you've got a hamstring injury is what, what I heard. Yeah. It's a hamstring glute piriformis, you know, sort of a, a dead feeling muscle that uh, is lingering there. And hopefully a lot of people can relate because uh, we, you know, we all have imperfections, but when they linger along for weeks or whatever the, the checkpoint is, then you know you got some issue to deal with. It's not just going to be, maybe not just rest, maybe same with plantar fasciitis, which I talk about. I, I have a popular YouTube video and a lot of people have commented and asked me further questions and all that. And it's like, yeah, I just, I'm just going to rest for a month and it's going to go away. I'm like, no, it's going to get worse. I promise you, because you're going to reduce blood flow and, and strengthening to the area by resting. And then you're going to come back and repeat the same, uh, you know, movement patterns that cause that plantar fasciitis fasciitis in the first place. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's, unfortunately I hear that over and over again from, from patients like, yeah, my doc told me to stop and just, you know, put my feet up and rest. And I'm like, Oh God, no worst thing you could do. Cause life is about circulation. Healing mm. is about circulation. If we don't have blood flow moving, how do we get nutrients to there to heal it up? Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, so movement, it, it seems like it's an emerging concept. Kelly Starrett talks about it a lot where, you know, the, the injured person and our, our notion that we've been programmed a whole life is to get a brace, get a cast, do whatever, and then the body will magically heal and you can go return to the court. And it's not that simple, huh? It is not that simple. And even when you've got the glute hamstring thing, I mean, imagine, imagine a brace that went around like your whole like abdomen <laughs> and like in your glute. And then now it's like, oh, I could think of so many problems that would go along with that whole, whole deal. So is it your right side? Is it your left side? 
Oh, yes. To answer your question, a lot of my injuries over uh, over my lifetime as a runner at triathlete have been on the left side. I remember going in and getting uh, examined and uh, some people would conclude that I had a leg length discrepancy and my left leg was longer. And then I'd go to someone else and and they'd they'd show me your legs are perfectly straight. You know, they're, they're perfectly the same size. But if you develop these muscular imbalances, uh, tightnesses, where you can develop a functional leg length discrepancy because I'm all twisted up and I don't have, uh, you know, straight ahead alignment, then, you know, call it whatever you want, but I keep getting injured on the left side. And also I'm taking off with my left leg. So I'm, ah, I'm, I'm okay. sure that this is a high jump related injury in my individual case, but I know a lot of people have that, those, those weak areas or those sides of the body that aren't, uh, that aren't holding, holding their water. Sure, sure. And a lot of times, you know, of course, yes, with being your jumping leg and all that, of course, we're going to have that as being the the potential more potential for injury. Let's put it that way. And and yes, with hey, at least you use the word potential. Thanks, Janine. Since since on the sidelines, I'm thinking about my potential a lot. I have potential to to perform well in the master's meets and I have potential for injury. Thank you very much. Well, I mean, we're all walking potential for something, right? So we want to explore our potential. Exactly. Exactly. I don't like to give it as like, yes, you're sidelined right now, but you still have potential and there's lots of different potential potential. And it's up to you, of course, as to how that potential evolves. And and one of the things we kind of talked about today is is, chatting about is possibly talking about some dexterity things and balance things, because one of the most common denominators in folks that keep it getting injured on one side versus the other, it breaks down to sometimes there's some imbalances within signaling back up to the brain. And so the concept here is that why would you keep injuring the left side? Well, yes, there's there's specific sports movements where you have to keep using that side. But my question to you would be, what happens or have you even tried using your right side to launch off of every so often? Have you played with that at all? Interesting question. Uh, I'm also very strongly on this topic with the golf swing. And so I have left-handed clubs. And when I go to the driving range, I always start my session with a few left-handed swings. I do left-handed practice swings. Uh, I'm terrible, whatever, but I do feel strongly that we need that balance and that there must be some benefit in the central nervous system. So I'm glad you brought it up. And uh, all my drills, I, I take some time to, you know, when you're, you're running the circle and high jump and one drills where you just keep running in a circle, like yeah. you're about to take off, about to take off. Well, uh, I also change direction and run in the opposite way that I'd never take off jumping over the bar. But the answer is yes, I try really hard to, to balance that load. Nice. Nice. That's a really important key concept. And I I've seen you do that on Instagram, (laughs) setting, setting you up for that one, but it's good because I mean, that's where I'm smiling because it's, that's what a lot of people don't think about. We've got a lot of pitchers, you know, who are in the high school ranks in the grade Mm. school ranks who are constantly throwing right-handed, left-handed, whatever their dominant hand is. And they're not throwing in some work to kind of balance things out. Now, sports specific is one thing, our couch folks, we got to talk about them for a second, you know, because we also have a lot of couch folks who are sitting around, they're sitting on the couch and they get up, they twist an ankle, something happens. And it always tends to be on say the right side or the left side. Why would they have that if they're not sports specific? Hmm. Neurologic stuff. Mm. And really it's not that we are damaged neurologically. It's just that we're imbalanced neurologically. Because how many of us sit on the couch or even sit in the chair or even while you're driving, do any of us sit straight up and like, don't do the gangster lean a little, <laughs> or don't have some kind of thing going on? Oh, I, right. I catch myself all the time. Same thing goes with standing. Mm. Do you find when you stand, are you a left-sided stander or are you a right-sided stander? How do you oh, stand? mercy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know, but I know it's one or the other. And I have uh, all these, um, you know, idiosyncrasies like you described for sure. Yeah. So after this, I want you to email me when you decide which side you stand on, because if it tends to be where you're standing, just in general, you tend to kind of do the, you know, what feels better kind of thing. We might be able to figure out some imbalances that might have set you up for the potential for having the injury. 
That's one thing. And this is kind of everybody, you know, I'm talking you as an athlete, I'm talking as my weekend warriors, I'm talking my couch potatoes. Every single one of us are set, we're setting ourselves up if we're kind of not paying attention to what we do and kind of helping our Mm. body in terms of balance. So that's one thing. Now, why would it be that this glute feels like dead leg? What's going on there? And I think a lot of people don't really understand the nervous system as to how it works and senses things. So if, are we feeling numbness? Do you have numbness in that left side there? No, it's just like a dull ache. And then when you stretch, uh, you feel more of a pull on that side. Like if I'm just touching my toes, for example, uh, I can clearly identify uh, some sort of problem uh, because the stretch doesn't feel right as, as it might on the other leg. Gotcha. So it feels like the body's like screaming, like, no, no, don't do that. It's not right. Yeah. Something like that. Sure. Okay. So those, those kind of like, oh, the body sends that message to the brain, like, oh, don't do that. That's wrong. Mm. That's bad. When we get those kind of sensations, it's, it's protect mode, right? The sympathetic Mm -hmm. nervous system kicking in. And so athletes will keep pushing it a little bit because we're like, no, I want that pain to go away. I'm going to try to figure out what's going to work. Let's try a different, you know, technique, a couch potato folks, you know, and I love you all dearly because I want you all to get off that couch. And that's why I'm here. But that type of person who's not as physically active might take that sensation as, oh, no, if it hurts and my brain's telling me that I should really stop doing this. And so we stop moving. But essentially what's happening, folks, is that your nervous system is going, I don't really know where I am in space because that glute, that hamstring doesn't feel the same as the other one. So I'm sensing my world differently. And Mm -hmm. so really the message back up is like protect, message back down, put the muscles on lockdown, cinch it up. A lot of times what I'll Mm -hmm. see with hamstring injuries is now we will have a functional shorter leg because we're cinching the, the hamstring up, the calf cinches up. And now we've got a whole gimp to the walk and all kinds of things that happen. (laughs) And sometimes, I mean, I'll truly even believe that, you know, chicken or egg with that plantar fascia stuff there. I mean, that is going to cinch too a lot of times with hamstring injuries. And we can go all the way up the whole spine and find things that'll change functionally, sometimes even up to the shoulder. I don't Mm. know if you've noticed there, if there's been anything, Brad, with the shoulders being off or different too. And so these are some of the things I'll look at. Then the other thing that is kind of fun, and I don't know if you've played with this, and of course we're doing audio. So for those of you folks, I'm gonna gonna ask you to, or invite you to uh, imagine this, standing shoulder width apart, and then kind of do a no place like home, move your feet in so that your, your heels and toes touch and close your eyes. And so Brad, I'm gonna have you try that and literally make sure that you're not anywhere that you could fall over and hurt yourself. And then let's see, let's, did you, uh, well, you're going to the left a little there, it looks like. Close the Wow. Eyes. What's amazing is um, I'm actually floating around. I thought this would be yeah. super easy to just hold my position. So everyone, please try this where it, you're, I don't know, it's like the um, way easier than uh, the DUI test, right? We're just asking you to stand there with your, uh, your heels together. Boy, what, a, what an experience when you close your eyes. I want to discuss the incredible benefits of red light therapy and how you can get started with Mito Red Light. Mito, like mitochondria, red light makes the premier light therapy devices in the world and at incredibly affordable prices. I stand in front of my Mito Pro 1500 unit every morning, carefully exposing my eyeballs, other important balls, and my entire body to special wavelengths of red and near infrared for red light. When I tell people about my daily devotion to red light therapy, they typically ask, does this stuff really work? And the answer is yes. And there are thousands of studies supporting its effectiveness. Here's how. It's called photobiomodulation where specific wavelengths of red and near-infrared light, red's visible, near-infrared is not visible, that's why it looks like only half of your panel's working, these wavelengths help mitochondria in cells throughout your body produce more energy and clear waste products more efficiently. Red light exposure helps mobilize nitric oxide trapped in the mitochondria and allows oxygen to return to the cell and increase ATP production. The benefits are proven again and again for skin health, muscle recovery, joint pain, and numerous inflammatory conditions. Red light therapy is also beneficial for circadian rhythm alignment 
because we generally get far too little direct sunlight and too much indoor blue light from screens and light bulbs at the wrong times. You don't hear much about this benefit of red light therapy, but when I turn on those lights, first thing in the morning, as soon as I wake up, I walk across the hall, I stand in front of the panels, and I feel instantly awake and energized. And believe me, there's a lot of days where Mr. Health Guy here wakes up feeling a little groggy and a little whiny, like I don't want to right get up now and get into my morning exercise routine. But when I stand in front of the lights, in one minute, I swear I feel wide awake. I get all that grogginess out naturally. It's super powerful, super effective, besides all the healing and the cellular benefits. I also love it for being a natural wake-up machine. You have to try red light therapy. I am certain that you will become a devoted user. And guess what? Mito Red Light offers a 60-day no-risk trial period and a special 5% discount for BRAD podcast listeners. Just visit mitoredlight, M-I-T-O, redlight.com, and use the code BRAD on any of their products. Go for it today and get started on your red light journey. Yeah, no roadside Olympics here on the show. We're just going to have you close your eyes, keep your heels and your toes together. And yeah, you'll find that if you've got an imbalance, you're going to sway a little bit. And oftentimes you're going to sway towards the side of the injury and you're going to the yeah, left a little bit. I, I went left. <laughs> yep. And wow. So this is one little test to be like, is it a neurological thing? Do we have a neurological imbalance going on here? So folks, literally, if you know you're injured on the right side more often and you've got to make some pains right now, try this test out, put your heels, put your toes together, close the eyes and see which way you go. Make sure you're in a safe place. I don't want anybody tipping over and getting hurt, but just see which way do you sway? And you only need to close your eyes for like three seconds and you're going to know it's, it takes like Brad, it was what a couple seconds and you knew which way you were starting to sway. So this is a nice little test to go. Okay. If I'm going towards the left, the body's protecting the left. That mm. means we've got to work on some right-sided stuff. So oftentimes in this case, I'll do some drills with the nervous system to kind of help prime the right side a little bit. Now, granted, I'm not going to ignore that left because we don't want to ignore the left at all. So we'll start to prime the right side. Now, some of it is really basic stuff where you're literally standing on your right leg. You kick that left leg out a little bit. And I am on video. Obviously, you guys are audio. So we're going to give you the best description here. I like to have folks think about like tree pose and yoga. A lot of people know what that is. You have your one leg kind of out in a 45 degree angle, touching your other foot onto your leg. So I have the right leg where I'm standing. You could also do what I call flamingo. Literally bend your knee and, and keep your heel behind you and stand on one leg. And that's a practice where you're doing this five, 10, 20 seconds. And then you take a break, do another. And so I usually do like kind of how a workout would be. I like to do it where we're like three rounds, 15 seconds each on, on those and see how it goes. And if you can do it without wobbling, you can even increase it. And so sometimes I'll do three rounds up too. You can hold for a minute without wobbling too much. That's kind of your goal. Once you get past the minutes, like, okay, great. You, you got it covered. And so that's some of the basic practice here. Now, Brad is extremely athletic. So I might have to challenge him a little bit more than just standing on one leg. We might have to do some other tricks with him. So what I brought today, and then I'm going to do a little bit of description for you guys here as to what I'm, I'm talking about is we might need to work a little dexterity with Brad because when we're doing jumps, right? And, and we're doing what you're doing in terms of these high leaping moves to get over that bar. Your arms go up, right, Brad? Mm-hmm, for sure. And, and do you feel them when you're going up over that bar? Tell me, tell me what it feels like going up over that bar. You're talking about a car accident and then a sudden stop. So I want to know, what does that middle part feel like? Flying? What's going on there? Oh, my gosh. It happens so quickly. It's like a lot of athletes describe. You, you're not really um, in your brain processing much. And interestingly, in the high jump, it's everything you do before you leave the ground. So you want your body in the correct positions. Uh, once you leave the ground, it's pretty much whatever you did to, to get to that point is going to be your result. You can't do much while you're in midair except for bend over the bar. And, um, 
yeah, so I think the same would go for like the um, the baseball player uh, swinging at the pitch. You know, the decision to swing is like as soon as the ball leaves the pitcher's hand. That, that's what the um, the science shows. It's really fascinating that they just make these split seconds decisions. They're not thinking about it. They're just reacting to what's there. Yeah. Yeah. So what we have to think about for you then is the going into the leap, what's going on with the arms there. And then my thought is the end. We, I remember in high school, we watched this horrible video about car accidents in high mm. school and like not driving too fast. And they, it was like, literally there was a song about the sudden stop at the end. And so I'm thinking about when you land, do you have any thought process on how you land? Because I'm like, with the arms coming down over, this is where I was going with it. What happens when you land? So let's, let's start with the process. We're running. We're kind of getting our stride going. What's going on with the arms with the stride? Are we trying to get the arms up as high as possible? What's, what's going on there? Yeah, as you approach takeoff, you do an aggressive swing of the arms. Otherwise, you're running with correct running, sprinting form. And then on as, as your last couple steps up to the bar, you're going to swing your arms to, to create the momentum to get your, your upper body as high as you can into the air. Okay. So I'm wondering a little bit about the swing on the right side. Because granted, you're using your left to kind of come up. But what about the momentum on the right? Could there be some imbalance going on between right to left there? And the right arm compared to the left arm swing. Have you done any swing kind of practices? Is, is that even part, I, excuse my like ignorance here. Is there, is there an actual practice where you swing to, to get the leap up off going there? Yeah, or you can say, do a abbreviated takeoff where you're just taking one or two steps. So you're not focusing on this important run up. You're just working on what happens right, right as you take off. And so there's more focus on the arms. Yeah. Have you ever played with focusing on the arms a little bit more in terms of where you feel yourself in space or having anybody video? You? Mm, I, I, I video a lot, but I, you know, I'll have to look at that as an, as another option to, I, I guess what we're striving for is this uh, balance in the, in the central nervous system. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm trying to do here and, and folks, just so you guys kind of get a sense of where, I, where I'm at here is I'm trying to see if Brad is like dumping his shoulder on the right, super far down or the left's down or kind of what's going on. If there's some imbalance in the shoulder girdle and where I'm getting at here is the nerves and how the nerves play out in terms of that huge forceful motion you have to leap up and get over that bar. So the idea when I'm working with you to kind of help you know, one of my patients, you know, things of that nature, when I'm working with folks that are in the same situation, having chronic injuries, I'm going, okay, the motion, what's going on is, do we have imbalances happening in terms of the muscles? Do we need to maybe do some more pec work? Do we need to do some more like brachialis work? You know, so folks, I'm, I'm explaining muscles on the front of the chest. Do we need to maybe work on those so that they're more even? How, how much uh, chest presses and push-ups and pull-ups do you do these days? Uh, I'm, I'm doing pretty well with total body exercise and I think the upper body can take a lot more, uh, frequency than the lower body. Uh, and it's easier to get sore when you're doing deadlift squats, things like that, and, and require recovery time. They always talk about deadlifting. You need to give your, your nervous system several days of rest because it's so such a comprehensive compound move. So I'm trying to pull the stretch cords and do upper body things. I also uh, heard, I don't know if you've heard of this, that um, for most of us, we have a greater percentage of fast twitch fibers in the legs than we do in the arms, regardless of our overall profile, if we're a sprinter type or an endurance type, genetically. And that was an interesting insight because obviously when you have more slow twitch and in the arms, it's because uh, we're adapted to do prolonged efforts, carrying things or whatever, where the legs are for sprinting, uh, you know, as the, as the fast twitch fiber adaptation, but that means, you know, more recovery time necessary for things involving legs and, and less, if you're doing uh, bench press, you can probably do several days a week versus squats or deadlifts. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. As, as demonstrated by most of the big box gyms and all the guys, you know, in there, like <laughs> every <right> day, <laughs> and then they end up in my office because now they, Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> gotta, gotta have the right technique. Absolutely. So 
just kind of thinking around those things we're talking, I'm talking about what can happen to the nerves and the compression of, of the nerves by muscles and not getting the right firing too. And so because I'm an acupuncturist, I love, love, love to look at down the spine and see what kind of nerve root ending. So where the nerves come out of the spine there, those are going to go to the muscles on the backside of you. And the ones that come out there and go towards the front, they're going to go towards your abs and things of that nature. So another question that I would be thinking in terms of your case is what's going on with the core? And we know you have a good core. I'm not, I'm not even arguing that. My question is, do we have one side that's a little bit more dominant than the other? And so that could be something to, to look at as well with videos and, and doing a shirt off kind of one. Us ladies will be like, oh, look at that, Brad, Brad with the shirt off. Um, but I think, it would be, I think it would be a good thing to think about in terms of balance there. And then with the landing, looking at balance. Now, going mm. back to those nerves. So have you heard of like myotomes and where the nerves go out to the muscles and the nerves go out to the skin? Uh -uh. Ooh, okay. So these guys can get impinged. So like when someone needs a chiropractic adjustment, and I know a lot of folks are on either side of whether chiropractic is useful or not. In my opinion, it's, you know, whatever works is going to help. And there's a lot of great data with the vertebrae when they're out of alignment, they can mess with the signaling to your muscles. Hmm. So a lot of folks might have muscle imbalances that aren't necessarily a full strength issue, but more of the nerve not firing like it should causing trouble with being able to keep the balance in the body. And then we end up with a cascade of injury because we're not keeping the right muscle tone. We're not getting enough of the firing to get the most explosive activity, or we're not getting enough muscle activity and tone to help balance the body while we're going through these motions. So something, something to think about in this case. So it's just one of the fun things that I experiment. And so a lot of times in my office, I will needle someone that's having trouble in a certain area in terms of imbalance, and then we'll have them go lift. And then we have them mm. come back and then go, all right, did we get that corrected? And sometimes mm. we can get it really good. Sometimes it's a little bit more. Sometimes I've got to do a little, little bit of these neurological drills to, to get things changed up with folks. So it kind of all depends. Now, we talked a little bit about dexterity. And this has nothing to do with your jumping or your hamstring injury. But I figured I'd mention that a little bit. And then I'm going to segue, if you're cool with it, into talking about the body tempering. Because that was something that mm. I was like, maybe this could be useful for mm. you it might actually be something that can help those muscles to regulate. So dexterity, I'm holding a squishy ball. A lot of people have seen these little stress balls. They give them out at like when, when we used to have conventions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you, when there were conventions and we could all hang out together, these, these stress balls with everyone's logo on them, we like kind of leave them around and like, I don't know, give it to the dog, let the dog chew it up. But actually these could be really, really useful for you because most of us as humans have trouble with things like carpal tunnel, have trouble with actually feeling things with our fingers and same goes with our feet. I like to do dexterity stuff with our feet too. And this could be something that could help prevent folks from having the plantar fasciitis issues as well. Don't do this while in a flare, by the way, mm. um, you'll hate me. But when you're working on post post flare up, this could be something to consider. But the idea is taking that squishy ball and squeezing between the thumb and the first finger, and then the thumb and the second finger, thumb in the fourth, thumb in the fifth. Now I learned this from Justin Franson. Do you know him? No. He's a, he's a coach, has a book called Athleticism. And yeah, 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 the squeezy ball. And so instead of just squeezing, like squeeze, squeeze, it like, you know, Brad's showing me a squeezy ball by the, by the way, folks, and I'm holding up my squeezy ball here, but a lot of us will just squeeze it like this. Mm. We have this motion down. <laughs> this is why this we, easy, we can like, make the fist motion. Yes. We can make fists all day long. What we need to be doing is more stretch and mm. more individual. And you can see like, even with my pinky, I need to work on this still. And this has been something I've been working for, for a couple of days, um, days, weeks <laughs> and squeezing, squeezing. But if the more dexterity you have at your fingers, the better you can grip strength things. So mm -hmm. for those of you that are bar athletes and, and folks that like to do lifting, but also rock climbers, folks of that nature, all this dexterity, great for that. But for life in general, now this is going to prevent you from having injuries where you can't open jars and we're having to ask other people to help us, things of that nature. And then the reverse of this is working on stretching your fingers back out. I didn't bring my rubber band down here, but I take a nice rubber band and put around all of my fingers right at those like distal joints. And then I stretch out my fingers. 
And then I bring it back in kind of like a starfish stretching out and then bring it back in. That'll help you to work on the opposite motion that we don't do very often with our fingers that we absolutely can. So folks, what I'm talking about here is dexterity that helps with neurological balance in terms of your fingers, being able to grip things, hold things, grocery bags, whatever it may be. Because if the fingers get off and we can't feel our fingers in space, a lot of people have numbness hmm. in their fingers. Now we're going to mess up how the elbows work, how the shoulders work and go all the way up into the neck. So the more we can work on dexterity on the endpoints, the better. Same thing goes with the feet. Not yeah. to big. Uh, I had a guest named um, Bryson Newell, who's a fascial expert, and he believes that with, with the fascia network kind of terminating in the feet, that this is the, the root cause and the source for all kinds of pain and suffering in the body. And it's a really compelling uh, story there, but getting that fascia, uh, you know, integrated nicely with the with the central nervous system and he, he prescribes different exercises and things. And it's kind of a different way of looking at it rather than always looking at the muscles and trying to strengthen my hamstrings so they don't get injured again or what have you. Oh, I, I love his work. And really what it is, is like it's circulation. We're hydrating the myofascial. So folks who are listening, myofascial, what the heck is that? It's like that wrapping in around your muscles and underneath your skin. And a lot of times folks will say it gets sticky and they need to break up adhesions. They're not breaking anything up. They're just hydrating. They're just moving the fluid in there. Oh. There's, there's no way you can break up your own tissue unless you like full on drain or sprain yourself. Uh -huh. All of the techniques with like Graston and all that, they're not breaking the tissue. They're literally hydrating is what they're doing. Getting the body to pay attention and put some blood flow in there by mm. literally causing an, an, an agitation. So dexterity here, dexterity in the foot, huge. I, I have people take their foot, put the ball on the bottom and just grip the ball, mm. let it go, grip it, let it go. And then work to try to go through all of the toes. It's hard. It's really hard to do, but it's fun because you'll realize like, wow, my, my third and fourth toe moved together. Yes, that happens. And then your pinky toe actually will go a little bit more separate there. So working on that is huge. And then this is where I can segue into my uh, body tempering, body tempering onto the feet. Ooh, game changer, good stuff. And goes into Brad's work in terms of helping to hydrate and get that tissue nice and pliable. So body tempering, you would ask me about it, you're like, what the heck is that? Like, what is this stuff? Um, it is a technique that was developed by Donnie Thompson, who was a major power lifter, uh, famous guy, and two PTs, friends of his, that got together and were like, hey, us big muscular folks are having trouble to release our muscles, right? And, and all the like, Acumobility balls, yeah, they sort of helped and, and the lacrosse balls sort of helped, but they weren't able to get their muscles to really relax. Hmm. And they were having more and more injuries because of the tension. And why do we have tension, you know, injuries because of tension? It's because we're not getting the messages from the brain as to what that muscle is doing in space. Pain is essentially your brain screaming, it doesn't know where it is in space. Something's off. Now, of course, there's acute injuries. And then there's chronic injuries and chronic injuries that we have chronic pain. This is now the body not trusting itself, not feeling safe, not feeling good in its space. And we can use drills like I'm doing here. Some of the balance stuff we were talking about to help the body to feel comfortable again and safe again. Have you ever had experienced where you were going to do a lift, like say a heavy deadlift or a heavy squat, and you felt your body be like, there's no way I'm going to do this. And, and you stop, like you cannot move any further. Have you ever had that happen to you? Yeah. So that's a lot of the nervous system mm. shutting down your ability to lift. And so these guys like Donnie Thompson and the, the PTs who are also power lifters were like, wait a minute, we need to be able to keep these guys lifting a thousand pounds or more. Cause Donnie has some record for like a thousand pound deadlift, which is insane. Not a goal of mine, um, <laughs> but cool. And, and they need to figure out how could they get their bodies to go past the limits safely and not injure themselves. Cause your nervous system is very intelligent. It's going to be like, you are not in balance to do this. And I'm going to tell you stop. And there's also, you're sort of not in balance to do this. And I'm going to tell you to stop. Cause you shouldn't, you just, just don't do it. I don't feel safe. So hmm. you, for those of you who want to push a little bit more body tempering can be really helpful in this case, but it can also be helpful for recovery. So body tempering is putting larger, heavier amounts of weights, on your actual muscle tissue and letting it flush out all the lactic acid in the area, flush out some of the blood. So we are kind of compressing the area and then allowing the blood flow to come back in. 
And by doing this, it's speeding up the hydration of the myofascial. So that wrapping around your muscles and allowing your skin to glide more over the muscle so that you've got more mobility. Now you can also target body tempering to trigger point areas. So mm -hmm. folks who are listening, trigger points are where we often will have knots in the muscles. The most famous one, the top of your trap, you got a knot there, that's a trigger point. And that's where your nerve goes into that muscle. These little gecko feet go in there and they'll just lock up that area and cause those muscle fibers to be nice and short and full of lactic acid. So you put some weight on there, like the body tempering tools. There's, it goes from six pounds all the way up to, to some serious 135 pounds. And these guys will layer them on and, and different things. I, I don't do too much of the 135 pounds because I weigh as much as that one. <laughs> yeah. it and putting it on people over and over gets, gets to be a little bit much. But some of the Seahawks I've worked with um, up, at, up at my office in Renton here in, in Washington, it, it's awesome. It's how we can get the blood flow to change in their muscles and really relax the muscles. And one of the biggest things I use body tempering for is for the hamstrings because they're mm. the hardest muscle. Like it's, it's hard to stretch them. We, we all know there's debate on whether you stretch, you don't, you do, you don't. And, and so body tempering can really be extremely helpful. And you put the, the, the weight on there for three to five minutes. Some folks will leave it longer. I don't recommend going too long because you can get a neurological response where the brain's kind of like, at first it's going to be like, I feel the weight on me and that's weird. And then it's going to be like, oh, I'm getting used to the weight. Okay. I'm safe. It's okay. And so by that five minutes, you're good. Sometimes when it goes a little longer, it does go, wait a minute, is this thing going to get off me? Like what's going on here? Who knew that sleep was so important to health? Everyone knows. And we all know that it's important to minimize artificial light and digital stimulation after dark. But did you know that your body temperature has to drop a couple of degrees for you to fall asleep? and we have to maintain a cool body temperature throughout the night to cycle optimally through all phases of sleep. Now, we've done this naturally for millions of years, sleeping in caves, but today we crank the heat, we overload on the blankets, and it's not uncommon to awaken at night, not only from people that have these major night sweats, but also minor overheating that you might not even realize is disturbing your sleep. Chili Sleep Systems offers an awesome solution of a customizable, climate-controlled mattress pad using circulating water. Jumping into a pre-cooled bed will help lower your core body temperature and trigger a deep, relaxing sleep. I love the machine because it also makes a beautiful, relaxing white noise. To be clear, ideal sleep environment is a slightly lower body temperature via cool air in the room and a cool mattress and with your skin comfortably warm with the right pajamas and blankets. Chili Sleep's Uller System, O-O-L-E-R, allows you and your sleeping partner of choice to program different temperatures for each side of the bed via your smartphones. No more temperature wars. You can also program a gradual morning warming of the bed for a graceful morning wake-up. So please head over to Chili Sleep, C-H-I-L-I sleep dot com slash Brad for Chili Sleep's best deal, which they are offering to B-Rad podcast listeners for limited time that's chillysleep.com slash brad for a special offer so, so uh, to be clear you're talking about it looks like a foam roller yeah uh, when i saw the video with with uh the enthusiastic donnie and so he's he's carrying this thing around and he goes well we have a 50 pound and 80 pound and I, I finally realized a few minutes in that he's talking about the device he's using yeah. actually weighs 80 pounds so imagine an 80 pound foam roller instead of a 12 ounce foam roller an 80 pound foam roller uh, rolling up and down the hamstring so that's body tempering people and of course we'll have links to uh, acquaint you further with this uh, this novel technique <laughs> yes, yes. Good clarification there. Yeah, we are literally putting not like weights like dumbbells, but yes, foam rolling looking devices. And then the ones that specifically target the trigger points or the neuromuscular junctions, those are the lighter ones that look more like metal sticks. They're mm. a little bit wider than a, a barbell. And those guys are, I mean, really, since I started using the body tempering in my, my practice, along with the neural techniques I'm talking about now, so it's functional neurology techniques. I, I've seen a lot of great changes in folks and a lot of folks that were not feeling fingers 
after, you know, in a lot of times with lifters and, and folks, you'll see like the fourth and fifth, the, the fingers don't tend to, <laughs> they can't feel them. They wake up in the middle of the night, not feeling them. Maybe Oof. some of you listening to this might wake up in the middle of the night, not feeling your, your fingers and, and different fingers. It depends on what compression is happening and it may be in the neck, but it could be in the shoulder. It could also be in the bicep or tricep and even in the forearm in this case, and those little tiny ear rollers. So we've got ones that are six pounds. We've got ones that are 19 and 44. I will put those on the arm and we roll it down and spend a couple minutes on the trigger points of the spots that kind of hurt the knots and we'll get sensation back and it stays. It's not like it just goes away. Cause that was my frustration with acupuncture. I could get it to go away for like a week and then it was back. Mm. And then I'm like, ah, so now it's like, I'll do the needles for the acupuncture. Then I do the body tempering and then it tends to, to help flush stuff out. Greetings, my fitness-minded listeners. I want to acquaint you with the Primal Fitness Expert Certification Program, the most comprehensive home study multimedia fitness education course in the world. If you want to enhance your personal knowledge of all aspects of leading a healthy, active, fit lifestyle, this total immersion course will be life-changing. I'm the lead instructor and author of the course, and we have 14 chapters of extensive written content with over 100 accompanying videos covering topics such as general everyday movement, including micro-workouts and dynamic workstation tips, the full experience of gym-based strength training and all the different modalities, a complete presentation on all aspects of sprinting, both running and low impact options, an assortment of high intensity interval training and high intensity repeat training strategies, a detailed education on the principles and practical application of aerobic endurance training, and extensive commentary, the most you will find in any publication, on all aspects and symptoms of overtraining and burnout. We even have fascinating peripheral topics like integrating nasal diaphragmatic breathing, dynamic stretching, injury prevention, and developing a peak performance mindset. It's really something, this course. We went all out for over two years with a great team to develop this amazing home-based fitness education for you. And you get one-on-one -on -one expert email support and private Facebook group connection throughout your studies to ensure that you absorb everything optimally and you pass your series of exams and get certified. So go to primalhealthcoach.com slash Brad to enjoy a very special limited time. And I'm not kidding. This is a big time discount just for you. 25% off your tuition. A fantastic premium offer at primalhealthcoach.com slash Brad for the most comprehensive fitness course you can ever find. Um, the feet and the hands with the weighted stuff, amazing. Because a lot of us don't get, you know, regular massage on our hands or our feet for that matter. And a lot of us are squeamish about trying to roll out on, on the lacrosse balls. But yeah, getting the, the weight put onto the feet. Now, in a course that I took for the body tempering certification, they put a 50 pound weight on someone's kind of their arch of their foot. And they had the foot propped up onto a bench so that the foot was completely flat there. So we had the ankle, you know, to the point where the foot was up flat. And then the, the 50 pound was put onto the arch and let it sit there for five minutes. And the person got up and was like, I can feel my body like I've never felt it mm. before. And I think where you're going back to, to talking about plantar fascia and all of the neurological connections in our feet. I think for a lot of us, sometimes we do chronically injure one side to the other when we can't feel like we should in our feet. And I'm wondering too, if maybe one of the places that I'd look at with you would be going back to the feet and going back to, could you benefit from somebody doing a little bit of body tempering techniques to your feet? And now you don't folks who are listening, I don't want it to sound barbaric and torturous. It's not like we would leave you and walk away, but there's also, we could do six pounds. We could do the 19 pounds and put those into certain, like the middle, you know, that middle of the arch of the foot where it just hurts. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about, Brad, that, that spot that's like gunked up that a lot of people have knots. You can press into that and just hold there. And you can run kind of in what I call like the palm of your foot in the middle section here. You could also go to where that plantar fascia attaches, which is on the inside of the heel where it is pretty gnarly and hold there with this device as well for three to five minutes. And a lot of times, I mean, some people won't let you do it by about 60 seconds and that's fine. You ease into it, but this can be a game changer. 
And I think a lot of people should start looking into body tempering for this. Cause I, at first I thought, oh my God, this looks barbaric and silly. But when I started using it on folks, I was like, whoa, they jump higher. They move better. It's, it's a game changer. And at our gym, I work out of a, a gym. I, I should say I'm not full-time there anymore because I am back in Illinois taking care of my dad right now. But when I'm in and out of there, it, it's, I see a lot of amazing results on folks. And we have some folks that now we've trained and been certified within the gym to do this too. And we have a certain amount of athletes and some Seahawks that come in there and game changer for them. It's pretty awesome. So they get some good therapy and start to see some, some results some benefits. And then when we're ready to go back out and perform, you're uh, recommending these dexterity and balance exercises, which I'm guessing even a highly accomplished athlete might really suck at like being oh. able to stand on one foot or close my eyes with my feet together and, and not be able to stand up straight and notice my body tipping to the left. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we loosen up the myofascial tissue and then it's like, okay, we've got to help the body reconnect and rebalance. Because remember that tissue was bound up before and the body got used to moving in that bound up manner. Now we've got a whole new body. The body feels differently. Mm. So yes, before we go into doing any drills or going to a squat or you know deadlifts or whatever it may be, we do do a little bit of balance techniques. And one of my other favorite ones I had showed you kind of, we just the basic balance ones. I sometimes will have people hop on one leg mm. and it, I do it both legs, but we do, you know, a couple sets on each side. Another big one is putting a coin on the back <laughs> of your hand. And She's then demonstrating you, this. If you're watching on yeah. YouTube, people, this is a good, good video to watch. So we got the hand here and I'm hoping I'll be able to catch it. You flip it up and you catch the coin just like oh, that. Oh yeah. So you've got it like this. Whoops. There we go. And then you flip up catch it's, and you have to catch it with your palm down, not like this. Mm -hmm. So if I try it the other hand, now see, I am right hand dominant and I have been practicing this. So I'm hoping I'm going to catch it on this one. So we'll see. We flip it up. See, it's tricky. And that is where I'm like, you got to get your left and right side connected mm. with deadlifts. We, a lot of people don't, they think it's all legs, but we're doing a lot of lat stuff. Well, what's going on if you're not neurologically balanced in your upper body, dexterity can be an issue. Balance can be an issue. So we play. There you go. She just caught so, one, people. I got one. <laughs> so you're putting the coin on the back of your hand, your palms yep. facing down. You shoot the coin into the air and then you grab kind of an overhand catch to make it difficult as, as opposed to just opening your hand like a basket. So that's the drill you can try, people, if you're listening. Yep. Yep. And I would highly recommend playing with it. I got that from Justin France in his athleticism book. I was kind of drilling through all the different things that he was doing in there. And I was like, oh yeah, we're doing this. And so I've been using that before for my deadlifts. And I had this issue of, I would dump my left shoulder forward quite a bit. And if I did a little bit more, kept working at this, I didn't dump it forward as much. I kind of helped that little balance going right. on. I like that comment because maybe people are wondering what is catching a coin on my hand have to do with my incredibly important goals to increase my deadlift or perform on the football field for the Seahawks. And so I think these are little diagnostics to show or to prove to the person, hey, if you can't stand straight with your eyes closed and your feet together, you might want to uh, take a few steps back from uh, your next super awesome badass workout uh, at the track facility or in the gym. Yes. Absolutely. It's, it's incredibly important. And I think we undervalue how much the nervous system is at play for us to do all these incredibly awesome things and doing little drills here and there before you get off, you know, get out into your sport, or even if you're going to compete, sometimes doing a little bit of this ahead of time, just to kind of help make sure that you've got every, like both hemispheres basically firing and your mm. cerebellum, like getting things firing like you want them to, so that you could be at the peak of your game. I guess the body tempering uh, would be advisable either before or after a workout, I suppose, to get the, the blood flowing and all the uh, benefits. Absolutely. So I use it as a recovery, but I also will use it as like a pregame or, or a pre-lift kind of situation. In the pre-lift situation, you don't want to be doing more than 60 seconds on a certain area. Mm. The recovery, that's when we start to get in the three to five minutes, because just that kind of flushing of, of the blood for too long, we're kind of getting the body to go into a different type of mode when it comes to recovery status. Whereas with light compression, 
prior to a lift, it can be quite awesome to just kind of stimulate the body a little bit more. Uh, I want you to describe one of the favorite things I've, I've heard out of your mouth. As soon as you said it a couple of years ago, I implemented it immediately. And it's been really uh, a wonderful component of my, my overall training regimen. And that's this uh, parasympathetic effort that you do uh, following a high intensity workout where you've stimulated fight or flight, you've worked hard, you've, you've done your reps or your, uh, your, your sprints or whatever it is, and then you come home and take a little time. So describe that, that uh, sequence that you, you recommend. Yeah. So positional parasympathetic breathing, I got that from Dr. John Rossen and he literally was like five minutes after your workout, try this out. I'm like, okay, cool. So you lay down and you put your legs up onto a bench or a chair, whatever you can do, where you've got your calves up there and your heels are on the, t- on the table or chair. And you're literally breathing, just chilling. And what that does, that five minutes of time stops that cortisol pump. Because mm-hmm. after a workout, we're pumping, pumping, pumping the cortisol. And if we go on to like the shower, the car, or the next thing, we're going to keep that cortisol pumping. And we're going to waste a lot of our energy that we could use for other things during mm-hmm. the day. And so having that cut off at the end of the workout to tell the body like, Hey, workouts over. We're going to move into the next thing is huge. It will help you ease into recovery, but it's also going to help your neurological system know like what is stressor and workout and what's like chill now, when can we stop being in fight or flight mode? And this is really kind of a extension of, or my, or my talk today about all the different nervous system stuff is an extension of helping the body feel safe and helping the body get into parasympathetic mode. Because unfortunately, in the world we live in, we are in sympathetic mode more often than not. So our nervous system is kind of always trying to figure out, like, am I safe? I'm in balance. What do I do? I don't know. And so doing the positional parasympathetic breathing tells your body the workout's over. Stop being in fight or flight and pump mode. Let's go into chill mode. Yeah, it's a big step beyond the cool down, which we know is so important to bring the blood back to the the core from the extremities and lower your body temperature and your breathing. Uh, but then I've generally found a lot of times coming back home and feeling uh, a little bit wired to the extent that I'm going to go clean the house now. And then I'm going to go do some yard work because I'm on this uh, artificial high from the fight or flight hormones pumping through my bloodstream uh, from the recent sprint workout. And so, boy, if you can kind of uh, piggyback a proper cool down with this positional parasympathetic breathing. I love that. Uh, I love that description. Then you can kind of uh, come off properly and recalibrate. And of course that's accelerating the recovery process. Cause like you said, we want fight or flight to be short, temporary, uh, extreme and helping our performance tremendously. And then turn that switch off just like in the ancestral experience where we run for our lives and then we're safe and we calm down and go back to uh, hunting and gathering, you know, chilling. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's something that unfortunately we don't do the primal response as well anymore. We we're on full on sympathetic and being able to tell our body, like we're safe, we're cool. Everything's over. We're going to go into parasympathetic mode is huge. I mean, I, I think it's possibly one of the key things for longevity, being able to get into parasympathetic mode more often. Mm, and so the breathing we're doing, uh, nasal diaphragmatic breathing, Uh, maybe counting them or whatever our preference is. We could maybe play an app or something. You can play an app. I just recommend not like laying there and staring at your phone. Um, (laughs) Two reasons. One, because if it slips out of your fingers and hits your face, it hurts. I've I tried that before. Mm. Um, but also it, it's just, you want to be in the most calm setting you can. And so, yes, the breathe apps, calm app, any of those apps setting those to help you to breathe. Cause I think a lot of people do struggle to, to really slow down and breathe a little bit, myself included. So yeah, the apps, any type of breathing techniques that you've practiced before and go with it. Uh, yeah, it's super great after a high intensity workout, but I also realized that we can call upon this technique anytime we want to 
you know, maybe unwind from a series of uh, stress-provoking emails when we're sitting there typing. We can just hit the deck in our now in our home office. You know, people used to scoff when uh, we, we'd talk too much about you know optimizing your work situation. I'd say, get a bosu ball and sit on a low desk, and then go back to your stand-up desk, and then do your regular one. People are like, no, nah, that can't happen at the at the high rise. But now with so many people with more flexible work, we have a chance to call upon these tools. And it's so great to kind of, uh, you know, strategize and pace your workday appropriately rather than just go and get slammed and start to lose cognitive performance because you haven't taken a five minute break to do positional parasympathetic breathing. So yeah, after workouts, after a tough day at the inbox, whenever we need to calm down. Whenever. I mean, I tend to work it in. Yes. If something stresses me out, you better believe I'm hitting the deck. (laughs) One of her her clients just left and it's a high maintenance Seattle Seahawk asking too many questions. So now she's got to go hit the deck and, and do some breathing. Okay. Okay just chilling or you know really i have a lot of my my clients who just you know we're like hey how many times did you take a break during the day and they're like what do you mean a break like i what and i'm like just lay down and put your legs up it feels good and mm-hmm. you just hang out like five minutes that's all it takes you don't have to like have a whole like half hour of meditations you know session just right right stare this- at the ceiling uh, these recommendations have more significance to me now at age 56, because probably if I was 30 and listening to this, I'm like, what do you mean a break? But now, boy, you can get that sensitivity, I think, over time, especially when we've spent years and decades in front of a screen where I can really notice my cognitive performance declining because I've been uh, looking at it too long or actively engaged in uh, reactive behavior like answering emails. And it's it's pretty stressful. I still was switching back and forth between disparate tasks. Like here's my file for the, the book I'm working on is open. And uh, so is my inbox. And so is my little text message screen. And that's the stuff that really blasts the brain to the extent that you'd need to go off and, and recalibrate. And then uh, ideally when we come back, we're refreshed so that we're able to be more focused, keep focusing on the, 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 the book file if that happens to be open, and then you know, make graceful transitions where we're not scattered all day long. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, just you, I can't say it any better. That's what I use it for transitions. Uh, tell us a little more about your practice and how you integrate the various uh, healing or wellness modalities and how you kind of got into this, uh, how you took this journey. <laughs> it's been a fun journey. I, I've kind of taken all kinds of different ways. I, I honestly, in my practice right now, I'm not doing as much acupuncture. I'm flying back and forth from, from the Chicago area back into the Seattle area every so often because I'm taking care of an elderly dad right now. But my practice works more of like, okay, let me take an assessment of you. I want to see what's out of balance. I want to look at neurological. I want to look at muscles, see what's out in that department as well. And then I'm going to integrate acupuncture with a lot of the body tempering kind of things, or I might be doing cupping absolutely love Mm. cupping favorite thing in the whole world. In addition to maybe body tempering now. Um, And so I will have that. And then what we do is I often will have people go out and then lift or go out and show me kind of like, okay, where are we at in terms of your strength? Are you feeling stronger? Now let's move into this. So I'll have like a little short visits or I'll have longer visits where we're doing recovery stuff. And a lot of the recovery, it's going to be, okay, now you go home and you, you, you take an Epsom salt back. And you help get that magnesium in the body and you help just kind of complete the circle, get a good dinner and call it good. So my practice is much of experimentation, really. I will have people come in, we'll do different types of things, whether it's needles, cups, whatever, then we have them do a drill, do kettlebells, whatever it is that's hurting, like certain motions that are hurting them and see if we've improved. I also use a lot of tack needles. So they're like, I don't have it on me, but I can put a little tack like onto Mm. certain parts of the body that relate to helping with motion, like overhead motion or helping with hinge or flexion types of motions. And then I'll have people do a lift as well. So it's basically using it somewhat as diagnostic, but somewhat as therapeutic as well. And then the biggest part of my practice is teaching people how to heal themselves and take care of themselves because yeah, I can be around and do all these things, but you're your own best doctor. You truly are. 
And if you have the awareness and you know what's going on, you can test yourself. And so I teach a lot of my test techniques to my clients and I do a lot of that hands-on stuff where they can learn how to do. And if they have partners that are in the gym with them, now they're Mm. learning. And and so the idea is learn how to help yourself here too. And then I can get some of the difficult stuff or help you troubleshoot if we need to. So are you saying you have a venue where they can get treated on an acupuncture table and then go into the next room and swing some kettlebells? Uh Uh-huh. Yep, that is, yep. That's cutting edge, girl. I love that. Yeah. So it's Vigor Ground Fitness in Renton, Washington. So there's a room that I use specifically where it's just right off the the main where the rigs are and everything. And we work on folks and then they go right back out into the gym and do their things. And so we go back and forth like that. Yeah, it's quite fun. What'd you say? Vigor Ground? Vigor Ground Fitness. Right yeah, on. It's a great place. It's a fun gym. Dr. Janine Krause, killing it today. Thank you so much for the the overview. We have some things to work on, bringing in some more dexterity and balance. And you've mentioned a few, and I'm sure, well, we can go follow you on your awesome Instagram where you're doing these demos, uh, video demos of uh, different drills. And I highly encourage everyone to kind of sprinkle some of these in along with your bread and butter favorite things to do, whether it's hoist the bar or uh, jump over the bar in my case, or whatever we're doing outdoors or in the gym, uh, just pursuing that, that well-balanced fitness so you can stay healthy and uh, achieve your, your, your potential in the, in the right area. We're going to clarify that potential. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, this is good stuff. And yes, Instagram, check me out there, Dr. Janine Krause. I will be posting a lot more on this since this is kind of my jam right now and, and just seen such great results. I can't help but share. Thanks for listening, everybody, to Dr. Janine Kraus. Boom, boom. Hey, folks, how about a non-drinker telling you what kind of alcohol you should drink? That's right. It's pseudo-sommelier Brad Kearns here to recommend dry farm wines. Why? Because if you choose to drink, I want you to be healthy and make a superior choice to the mainstream commercial wines. Listen to my podcast with Dry Farm Wines founder Todd White. The insights were astonishing, especially that most all commercial wines are loaded with dozens of chemicals that the FDA allows in your wine, but don't have to be listed on the label. And the sugar, oh my goodness, the sugar levels can be as much or more per liter than Coca-Cola, but difficult to taste due to the acidity in the wine. Dry Farm Wines is a membership club where you're shipped hand-picked wines from old-world family-run vineyards in France, Italy, Greece, and Sicily. These wines come from non-irrigated vineyards hundreds of years old that deliver a tastier, higher antioxidant grape, and they're independent lab certified to be completely free from chemical additives and naturally 100% sugar-free. That's right, the sugar was allowed to ferment out instead of be arrested by chemical intervention in the name of pleasing the average consumer palate that has a sweet tooth. The Dry Farm Wines Club has taken off like crazy because ancestral and keto enthusiasts, people who care about their health, appreciate a sugar-free wine. You'll enjoy the variety, the taste, and the pleasant sensation in the aftermath of burning through the alcohol buzz and going on with your life without a hangover. So if you care about your carb intake and your overall health, Dry Farm Wines has a special promotion for podcast listeners. Get your first bottle for a penny when you enroll at dryfarmwines.com slash brad or click on the Dry Farm Wines at the bradkerns.com shopping page. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the show. I love sharing the experience with you and greatly appreciate your support. Please email podcast at bradventures.com with feedback, suggestions, and questions for the Q&A shows. Subscribe to our email list at bradkerns.com for a weekly blast about the published episodes and a wonderful bi-monthly newsletter edition with informative articles and practical tips for all aspects of healthy living. You can also download several awesome free ebooks when you subscribe to the email list. 
And if you could go to the trouble to leave a five or five star review with Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to the shows, that would be super incredibly awesome. It helps raise the profile of the BRAD podcast and attract new listeners. And did you know that you can share a show with a friend or loved one by just hitting a few buttons in your player and firing off a text message? My awesome podcast player called Overcast allows you to actually record a soundbite excerpt from the episode you're listening to and fire it off with a quick text message. Thank you so much for spreading the word. And remember, be rad.